So this is kind of strange. A teenage couple was trying to spend time together on the night before Valentine's Day when they were shot and killed by a murderer who remains unknown until this day. Weird, right? Or maybe not. What do you think? Kind of strange? Or not at all? Hello, and welcome to Kind of Strange. I'm your host, Grace, and this is a place where you can get cozy, a little creeped out, and talk with me about things that are weird, unusual, spooky, and kind of strange. Welcome back to Kind of Strange. So this is my first episode back after a little break, and I just want to thank anybody who has supported the first season of the show. We're now moving on to season two, and I have a lot of really interesting stuff to share with you. So let's jump right into today's episode. This case came up on my radar because it's getting close to Valentine's Day, and this murder took place on Valentine's Day, so it had come up. I hadn't heard of it before, but looking into it, it's really so sad, and on top of that, there's not a lot of answers, so just be aware of that as we get into this. I found as much information as I could, but the case is still open, so because of that, there's a lot of information that hasn't been released, which is completely understandable. So we're going to be talking about the tragic murder of Stephanie Hart Grizel and Nick Kunzelman. On the evening of February 13, 2000, 16-year-old Stephanie Hart Grizel was relaxing at home with her mother. She was in her pajamas, and after spending some time together, she told her mother Kelly that she was planning on finishing up some homework before going to bed. Her mother remembers saying, Good night, I love you, and then Stephanie went to her room. Only a little while later, she ended up sneaking out of the house and driving to a subway in Littleton, Colorado. It was almost Valentine's Day, and her plan was to wait for her 15-year-old boyfriend, Nick Kunzelman, to finish his shift at the subway, hanging out with him while he did that, and then she would give him a ride home. The two were high school students at Columbine High School, which that name probably sounds very familiar, and this is in fact the same Columbine High School where the horrible shooting took place in 1999. Both Stephanie and Nick went to the school during that time. They were freshmen, and they were both present on the day that that occurred. So they had met in middle school, and they were friends at some points, but they did begin dating, and after the Columbine shooting, they actually ended up becoming closer. And it's hard to find out exactly how long they had been dating, but from some sources, it appears that it was around two years. These two were very much in love. Stephanie was described by her mother as a flower child, and she said that she was spiritual, she had a lot of friends, and a pure heart and soul. Stephanie's mother, Kelly, said that Stephanie didn't like technology, as she thought it was making the world cold, and she actually preferred to listen to music over watching TV. She would even share some of her favorite songs with her mother that she felt were important and explain some of the lyrics to her. She liked to paint and make jewelry and her mother said that all she wanted was to live in a teepee together with Nick. A friend of Stephanie's described her as having a, quote, true glow about her, and everybody that was interviewed about her had really nice things to say about what an open person she was, how she was friends with all sorts of different people, and how people just enjoyed being around her. 
Nick loved music too. He was very passionate about it. He loved to play the guitar, and he was also a champion junior disc golf player. He would play in tournaments together with his father. He was described as a good and caring person who doted on those around him, especially Stephanie. He even once told his mother that he thought Stephanie was his soulmate. He was described as being reserved and responsible, and he had recently gotten his job at the Subway store about a month prior to when these killings happened. Both Stephanie and Nick believed in peace and love, and they were described as being souls from the 60s, even though they were born in the 80s. Both were athletic, and they were inseparable from one another. They were described as being more in love than was possible for people their age. Nick's stepmother said that, quote, It was very strange for two teenagers to be in love like that, but it was so precious. Of everyone interviewed, nobody had anything but positive things to say about these two and it seems like they were just well-liked by everyone around them. Again, they had both been through the Columbine shooting. Nick was there playing his guitar when the shooting started, but it said that this actually made them closer than ever. So on that night, February 13th, a little bit before 10, an ex-coworker of Nick's named Nathan had been at the store with some friends. Now, he had just recently quit working at Subway, and he was just there getting some food, hanging around. And he said that when he left, nothing had seemed unusual, and everything seemed fine. Nick was waiting on a customer when they ended up leaving, and the store was supposed to close at 10 o'clock. He also said that Stephanie was not there at that point, and when it comes to this, Stephanie's mother said that she had no idea her daughter was planning on sneaking out to go to Nick's work. She said, quote, that wasn't something she did. Unquote. But people did report that they often saw her there, especially when Nick was closing, and her friend said that she didn't go out much other than to stop at the store to see Nick. So it seems that she may have done this before, unbeknownst to her mother, but all she was really doing was going to the subway, hanging out with her boyfriend that she loved, and then it sounds like she would give him a ride home after. So again, This guy that used to work with Nick, he stops by the shop, sees Nick waiting on a customer, leaves a little bit before the shop is supposed to close, and at that point, he said Stephanie wasn't there. Now, later that night, and at this point, it's February 14th, Valentine's Day, it's around 12.45 when another employee of the shop was driving by. Now, as she drove by, she noticed that the lights were still on inside of the shop. Again, the shop was supposed to close at 10 p.m., And then the employees were told to lock the door at 10, leave the lights on while they finished cleaning, and then turn them off, typically around 10.30 when they left for the night. And just to clarify, Nick was the only one working that night, at least at this point of the evening, and it was his responsibility to close the shop. There was no one else working with him or scheduled to be working with him, and he had closed the shop a few times before, so this was something that he was familiar with. So this employee sees that the lights are on, so of course she thinks this is strange because it's now around 12.45 in the morning and the shop is supposed to be closed with the lights off and everything locked up. So she actually turns around. Now at some point after she turned around, whether it was when she was pulling into the parking lot or after she had already parked, she noticed a male leaving out of the back entrance of the subway shop. Some reports say that this person was running away from the store, others don't clarify, so I'm unclear on that. But she didn't really think much of it, so she just headed into the shop. She was going to turn off the lights and lock up the store. But when she got inside, she ended up finding Stephanie and Nick's bodies behind the counter, dead from gunshot wounds. 
And I just want to say that it hasn't been released the exact manner in which they died, which again is understandable. They don't want to put everything out there. So I'm not sure how many times they were shot, just that their manner of death was from being shot with a gun. I did see it out there that they had been shot 12 times, but that might be completely untrue. There's also differing reports as to what time Stephanie and Nick actually passed away. So some reports say that the employee found them dead at 12.47 a.m. Other reports say that they were killed at 12.47 a.m. Again, autopsies, things along those lines, they're all sealed. So that information is not out there, but I did want to just put that into this episode. The next morning, Stephanie's mother woke up and was watching the news. Now, she had no idea that her daughter had gone out the night before. She didn't even know that her daughter wasn't in the house. But on the news, she saw reports that two people had been shot and killed inside of a subway. And as she watched, she actually saw Stephanie's car in the parking lot. And it was at this point that she realized Stephanie's car was not at home. And Stephanie wasn't at home either. So she started to get very worried, but she didn't think that her daughter had been one of the two people that had been killed. That was until police showed up at her door along with news crews or reporters. And she remembered hearing someone say, is this the mom? And she said it was a truly awful experience. And that's how she found out that her daughter had in fact been killed. Nick's mother said that she was so devastated that Nick had escaped one shooting only to die in another one so soon after. So the police investigated the scene and there was some misunderstanding, and I think there still really is, about whether or not there was any surveillance footage available. Now, the subway did have cameras. Again, this was 2000, and cameras were being used at that time. But at first, the police made it seem like the tape hadn't been able to record anything that was helpful. But then it sounds like there was actually no tape whatsoever, and that the surveillance cameras had been turned off. The police looked in trash bins, as well as nearby buildings, searching for a discarded weapon. But they were unable to find a weapon. Early on, they did say that they believed that they had quote-unquote crucial evidence, but they didn't reveal what it was. They also said that there was a small amount of DNA found at the scene, but testing later on didn't bring about any answers. Now, I just want to say too, this is a subway shop, so this is difficult because not only do so many people come in and out every day, but there's also many different people that work there that handle the money, that handle the equipment. So I would have to guess that it would be very difficult to find things like fingerprints as well as DNA. But again, they did find a small amount of DNA that they felt was evidence, but it didn't lead anywhere. The police immediately ruled out that this was a murder-suicide. Again, there was no weapon found at the scene. So they initially believed that maybe somebody had come in to rob the store. And they said that it could have been one or more intruders. But another employee of the store said that that didn't really make sense because there was never a large amount of cash kept in the registers. By all accounts, it seemed that large bills were moved to a safe around every hour during a shift. And once they were in there, employees did not have access to open that safe. The safe could only be accessed by a key that the manager had. So Nick would not have had any access to the safe. And there didn't appear to be anyone trying to get into a safe or anything along those lines. There also didn't appear to have been anything taken. It was thought that if somebody had robbed the store, the most that they would have walked away with was around $50. So that motivation ended up not being fully ruled out, but ruled out for the most part. Pretty soon after this, rumors were going around the town that this subway location actually sold drugs out of it. 
Now, the rumors were that they mostly sold marijuana and some cocaine. So, investigators started to hone in on maybe this was some kind of a drug deal gone wrong. Maybe this had something to do with drugs that might have been being sold out of the store. But the problem with this is that nobody believed that Nick and Stephanie would have been involved with any drugs being sold out of that store. It was thought that maybe Nick might have smoked marijuana sometimes, but it wasn't even certain that that was the case, and nobody again believed that he would have been selling it out of the store. He was known to be very responsible. Police did start to investigate a drug ring that was going on around the area, and they ended up doing interviews with more than 50 people in regards to this, but none of this was able to provide any useful information about Stephanie and Nick's murders. A year after the murders, Stephanie's mother filed a wrongful death suit against the subway. She said that the owner knew about the drug use and did nothing about it, and said that they let people come in and out of the back door, and also that they had turned off the cameras because of the drugs being sold. This ended up being dropped in September of 2001 because her daughter didn't actually work there, so the suit was unable to be filed. Nick's family, on the other hand, did not file a suit because they were receiving money due to him being covered by workman's comp, so they were actually unable to file any type of wrongful death suit. Now, the subway owner was actually fined $19,000 for violating child labor laws. This was because Nick was too young, at the age of 15, to be left alone to close up the store. Being under 16, it was not allowed for him to be working later than 7 p.m. on a school night, which would have included Sunday night, which is when this took place, or 9 p.m. on a Friday or Saturday night and he was there closing up at 10 p.m. The store ended up being sold in October of 2001, and there just wasn't a lot for investigators to go on. They were just hitting dead ends. Now, let's talk a little bit about the employee who saw a man leaving the back of the subway when she had come by and ended up finding Nick and Stephanie. She said that the man was younger. She described him as being a teen, or maybe in his early 20s. He was white, wearing tennis shoes, wearing a black jacket with a red lining or a red t-shirt underneath. She said he was wearing flared denim pants, he was clean-shaven, and he had blondish hair. They believe this person was around the height of 5'7 and between the ages of 16 and 20. Two composite sketches were done right away and released to the public, but they didn't turn anything up. The description and the sketches turned up hundreds of leads, even some as far away as South Carolina and Florida, but ultimately, nothing came of it. There were some people that even confessed to the crime, and this does happen in different cases, but they didn't do it, and the way that they were able to figure this out was that these people couldn't answer basic questions about the crime itself and things that hadn't been released to the public, they didn't know about. So they were able to rule out these false confessions. Also, these confessions came about after the case got national attention, and that was due to the connection with the Columbine shooting. As of 2017, the police said that they have more than 40 binders filled with information related to the case. They also said that they have 150 pieces of evidence and they have done over 100 interviews, and that's as of 2017. It seems that every year, every couple of years, when this story is discussed around Valentine's Day, more and more tips come in. I saw something saying in an article written in 2020 that they had gotten 20 new tips around that time. Elias Alberti, I believe that's how you say his name, a cold case homicide investigator with the sheriff's office, had this to say, quote, that evidence has been sent to multiple labs around the country and around the world. 
and we've come up with no solid leads in this case. This case has been submitted to DNA into the lab multiple different times to the Colorado Bureau of Investigations. We've done fingerprints, all the standard stuff that we do investigating a crime, and we've got nothing off those. He also said that there weren't a lot of people around the area when this took place, so because it was later at night, and I guess just the area that this happened in, there weren't actually a lot of people nearby, so it was harder for them to get information. A joint funeral service was held for both Stephanie and Nick, with one of Stephanie's favorite songs, Wish You Were Here, by Pink Floyd playing. And every Valentine's Day, family and friends of both Stephanie and Nick get together to throw frisbees off the side of a mountain nearby where Stephanie and Nick are buried. So they're actually buried together, and there's a bench there that says, Together in Peace Forever. A reward of $10,000 was put up by the owner of the store, and then it was increased to $12,000 by Subway and Crime Stoppers, and then in 2001, the Metro Denver Crime Stoppers increased the reward with any information about the case from $12,000 to $100,000. This case is still unsolved, and Stephanie's mother said in 2017, quote, I thought that we would have the answers, like I say, within the first day or two. So 17 years, it's been a very long time. I certainly never thought I would still be asking for help and for resolution to this, unquote. So let's get into some of the theories about what might have happened to Stephanie and Nick. Theories around there range from reasonable to kind of wild, so I'm not going to cover all of them. I will briefly explain a few of them, but for the most part, I want to focus in on the theories that seem to make the most sense. There are a lot of people out there that think that this murder has some connection to the Columbine shooting. Now, just to explain some of this, the town of Littleton, Colorado, experienced such tragedy with that shooting. Not only was there tragedy, but it also was a huge story in the media for a long time. So there was a ton of information, a lot of misinformation that was constantly going around. You know, kids had been killed in this shooting. Families had been torn apart by this. And there were also a lot of people that had been injured and were still recovering from that. On top of this, there was a student that had gone to the high school and been there on the day of the shooting that ended up dying by suicide, as well as a mother of one of the students who was injured during the shooting ended up dying by suicide as well. Around this time, there was other situations going on, and I don't want to get too far into it, but there were other murders and things like that. So this town was really suffering. And I do, in a way, see how people think maybe there was some kind of connection. And I'm not going to say that there wasn't any connection at all. But I did want to read this quote from a pastor in the area. And this was said by Pastor Gino Gerasi. And he was a pastor at the time of the Calvary Chapel in South Denver. So he said, quote, The community needs to know that those children were executed. They were not shot in a robbery gone bad. They were executed. So he's actually a chaplain with the Denver Police Department as well as the county sheriff's office. And he did go to the subway shop the morning that the bodies were discovered. And a service for Nick and Stephanie were actually held at his church. So another thing he said, quote, Who usually commits a murder? An acquaintance. Who usually kills a teenager? Another teenager. Stephanie's mother, Kelly, had this to say, quote, I think we live out on a little island in Columbine. I doubt anybody could ever understand or relate to the year and a half we went through. With kids dying and all the funerals we had to go through, 
How can people relate to that? It is horrible. So the reason that I am bringing this up is because some people think that maybe there was somebody who had been very affected by not only the Columbine shooting, but just the aftermath of that and the overall environment of this town. And maybe that provoked them to end up killing Nick and Stephanie. And this could be for any number of reasons. Maybe they wanted to continue the attention on the town that it had already gotten from the Columbine shooting. Maybe they were suffering from some type of mental health issue. So that's just a theory that some people have. And I don't think that it's absolutely wild or anything like that. I just think that that's, it's, it's kind of reaching. I feel like, I just think that that one in particular probably isn't the most likely An investigator with the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office who was continuing to work on this case by the name of Mike Julian said, quote, There are active leads being followed. However, we have no reason to believe that the killer is a Columbine student. We are as frustrated as anybody that there has not been an arrest. This is a very in-depth investigation, and we want to make sure we arrest the right person. So that's just another viewpoint. Again, this was obviously a very difficult time for this town. So, you know, emotions were very high and maybe, maybe somebody could have been involved due to that. But I don't think that the two were necessarily related. Now, I mentioned wild theories and I don't want to get into too many specifics here. But basically, there was another student who ended up going missing in the year 2006. This student had been friends with Nick and Stephanie, had been in the same year at school with them. And there's people out there that believe that her going missing, as well as a suicide and some other terrible things that happened, are all connected in some way by somebody who knows something about the Columbine shooting, which I personally think is ridiculous. But if you do look into this case, You're probably going to see that. You'll probably see her name. I'm not even going to mention it here. I just don't think it's necessary to do that. But I am bringing it up because it comes up right alongside with any information if you are looking further into this case. So one of the first theories by investigators was that this was a robbery gone wrong. And we kind of already went over why that wasn't likely, but it is still a possibility. Just because the employees move money to the back of the store and put it in a safe, that doesn't mean that somebody necessarily knows that. Maybe they did go in trying to get some money and, you know, things ended up going badly. They ended up killing Stephanie and Nick and then forgot about the money altogether just to get out of there. Again, I don't think that this is super likely because why would somebody go into a subway of all places looking to rob someone for money? and, you know, get to the point where they end up killing somebody, actually two people. Maybe, maybe that's a possibility. Maybe it was just a crime of opportunity. They saw that the subway was still open and let themselves in, or who knows, because we don't know that had been locked up. You know, we know that an employee showed up later on that night, but it's not said whether or not the store was locked or unlocked, or whether or not she used a key to get into the store. So that would be interesting information to know. But yeah, maybe somebody went in, you know, maybe they weren't in their right mind and they went in just trying to steal some money. They were close by and, you know, things went badly. One of the most popular theories, it seems, is that this had something to do with drugs being sold out of the shop. Now, police did investigate this, and like I said earlier, they did a lot of interviews. They really looked into a lot of the drug activity that was happening in this town, and they weren't able to find anything that was linked to the murders of Stephanie and Nick. 
but that doesn't mean that they're not linked. It's thought that people would come in the back door and, you know, somehow there would be an exchange of money and then drugs, usually marijuana. So because it was probably marijuana, it seems unlikely that this would have led to a murder. Now, cocaine was also mentioned as being sold as well. And, you know, with harder drugs, maybe, maybe this ended up leading to a murder. But again, why? Why these two teenagers? I saw one theory out there that said maybe Nick had no idea that there were drugs being sold out of the store and somebody showed up in order to purchase them. Maybe he threatened to call police and the person ended up killing him and Stephanie. Again, that's just a random theory, but at this point, there's not a lot to go off of. And you know, even if he did know that drugs were being sold out of the store, and remember, he had only worked there for about a month at this time. He was only 15 years old. He was young. It wasn't known that he was using drugs other than maybe he smoked marijuana occasionally, but that wasn't even something that was 100% known. But even if he was involved with selling drugs out of the store, which again just seems very unlikely, why would that have led to a murder? If somebody had come in looking for drugs or whatever, then why would they have ended up killing him? And another theory that I've heard is maybe somebody came into the store not to steal money, but to steal drugs. This seems a little bit more plausible to me, especially because if drugs have been stolen, it's not like they would have been able to tell, right? They wouldn't have known if drugs were stolen, you know, unless somebody said, hey, yeah, we did have drugs here, this is how much, like, which they probably would not be saying to investigators. So maybe somebody did come into the store, maybe the back door was left open, maybe Nick didn't know the back door was left open, maybe he did, but maybe someone came into the store, wanted to steal the drugs, some kind of altercation or argument went down, and then Nick and Stephanie, you know, ended up getting killed because of it. And this makes me think of a discrepancy which sticks out to me in this case, and that is the time of everything. So it said that the store closed at 10. Employees who were closing, the employee who was closing, was supposed to lock the door at 10 and then go about their cleaning and getting the shop ready to close. Typically, the shop would be closed by 10.30, so it wouldn't take that much time, maybe around a half hour. Now we know that there was a former employee who was friendly with Nick that was there a little bit before 10 o'clock. So right before the store closed and when he left, he said he saw Nick helping one customer. So that was probably the last customer. I would like to know if they looked into this customer, if that customer had any information. That would be interesting to know. We don't know what time Stephanie showed up. Was it a little bit after 10? Did she show up right after, you know, this old employee left? Maybe, maybe not. Did she show up closer to 10.30? We don't really know. There were some reports that employees would actually hang out in the store for a little bit after they closed. So maybe that's what Nick and Stephanie were doing. Maybe he did close up the shop and they were hanging out there. But to get to the discrepancy, the employee that drove by saw the lights on and ended up finding Nick and Stephanie. She didn't arrive until around 1245 in the morning. So if the shop had been closed at 10 and then, you know, supposedly Nick would have left around 1030, where is all this extra time coming from? And it makes it difficult because there's some reports out there that say that they were killed after midnight. Their day of death is listed as February 14th, which means that they would have been killed after midnight. That's the date that is listed on the bench, so that makes me think that they were killed after midnight. So why were they still there at that time? Were they being held there by somebody? Were they just hanging out and then somebody came in? It's just, it's very unclear, but it's also very strange. 
And in case you were wondering, I know nothing about this employee that was the one to find them there. Just because the times of stuff, it, it makes me wonder, but I know nothing. I believe it was a her, but her name was not released to the public, which is fine. I'm assuming that's because police did not find her to be a suspect in any way. But of course, you know, my mind goes there because if they were in fact killed after midnight and she arrives at 1245, it just, it's, you know, who knows? It's a very close time period. Also, the former employee was interviewed as well, and he is not a suspect either, the one who left a little bit before 10 o'clock. But yeah, that's just one thing that I can't really wrap my head around, is if the shop closed at 10, why then were they not killed until probably after midnight? But again, who knows? Maybe they were just hanging out, enjoying some time together. It was Valentine's Day the next day. Maybe they were just spending a little time together. Or maybe somebody came in and they ended up being held there before they were killed or they were killed before midnight, and for some reason, their death date is just listed as February 14th. Or it could be that because they were found on February 14th, that's just the day that's listed. Maybe they couldn't determine the exact time of their death. I have no idea. These are just things that I think about. And a last theory that kind of, you know, goes into different tangents of theories is that this was a targeted killing. That whoever went in there went in there with the purpose of wanting to kill either Nick Stephanie or both of them. Again, this was Valentine's Day. These two were known to be a very happy couple, very in love with one another. Maybe that was upsetting to somebody. Maybe somebody was jealous of that, especially like I was mentioning earlier with the environment of this town. Maybe somebody was dealing with some mental health issues and they really just became fixated on this couple who seemed happy and, you know, I don't know, wanted to do something about it. Another theory that gets tossed around in terms of this is that maybe. It was somebody who was in love with either Stephanie or Nick, and they were jealous of them being, you know, with each other. And my question around that is, I really was trying to find how long they had been together, because I feel like that could, you know, give a little more to this theory. Had they only been together for, say, a few months, then I think it would make a little more sense if there was somebody who was upset about their relationship and wanted to do something about it because they had been with one of them, you know, so maybe they had recently broken up and then a few months later they're dating somebody new. But it seems like these two were together for a while. I, I saw one place that it was two years, I think two places I saw that, but other than that, it's not confirmed how long they were actually dating. Because in some places, it seems like they started dating, you know, after the Columbine shooting incident. In other places, it seems like they were already dating before that. So I don't know. I just thought that had they only been dating for a little while, it would make more sense for, you know, a jealous lover to retaliate or something horrible along those lines. But that theory could still stand even if they had been dating for a couple of years. You know, you never know. Uh, people fixate on certain things. So who knows? It is difficult, though, because it seems like most people or everybody, everybody that was spoken to said really kind things about these people. They said that Nick and Stephanie were kind, amazing people, and everybody liked to be around them. There was not one negative thing that was said, although that doesn't mean that there wasn't somebody out there that had a negative opinion of them, you know, even if it was something that was just distorted in their own perception. Who knows, maybe one of them had somebody that was stalking them in some way. You know, they followed a pretty similar routine. Nick went to work, Stephanie would go visit him and then drive him home. So it wouldn't have been that hard to know where they were going to be. 
Again, the suspect that was described as leaving the back of the store that evening was described as being between the ages of 16 and 20, meaning that this person could have gone to school with them. If they were 16, they would have been the same age, so they could have been in the same year of school as them if this person was involved, which I assume that if this employee saw this you know, suspect leaving the back of the store and then went in to find Nick and Stephanie had been killed, then they probably had something to do with it. So that person would have been around their age. So maybe they did know them from school. And again, it was a male. Maybe, who knows? I don't know. But they were never able to identify this person. And that could be for a number of reasons. Maybe they didn't live in the area. Maybe the description was a little bit off. Maybe they changed their appearance. You know, maybe, like I said, they didn't live in the area. This was just a random crime that they decided to commit. Another thing is that maybe this person ended up moving away. Maybe they ended up passing away. So if they had committed this crime, you know, they never ended up committing another crime in that area that got linked to this one. And that would make the most sense with if they had passed away or something like that. Because again, the police did say that they had some type of DNA as well as 150 other pieces of evidence. So if this person had been identified, I think maybe there would have been something to link them to this crime. Or at least we would have heard something about it. Okay, so while I was editing this episode, I couldn't help but have some other thoughts come into my mind. So I actually am adding this in because I was just thinking about a couple of other things and I wanted to talk about them here. So I was wondering this. It was said that Stephanie and Nick hung out sometimes at the subway after it closed or that some other people that worked there would hang out there as well. So this took place in 2000, and I believe cell phones were around then, but I don't think that people were using them, you know, like they do today. Not even close to like they do today. But I'm pretty sure text messaging wasn't really a thing yet, and I don't think that most people carried around a cell phone and communicated on it regularly. So what I'm getting to here is what if they had made plans to have somebody else come that night and just kind of hang out with them at the subway? It's not something that would probably be known, especially if it was only with one person. You know, say it was a friend of Nick's or something, or just a friend of both of theirs, and that is why this person was let in. You know, maybe somebody didn't come in through the back. Maybe they let somebody in. It was somebody that they knew. Again, the suspect that was seen was between the ages, most likely, of 16 to 20. So it definitely could have been somebody that either Nick, Stephanie, or both of them knew. So yeah, I mean, somebody could have just randomly entered through the back, somebody could have entered through the front, maybe the door wasn't locked yet. But we do know that Nick was responsible. We know he was seen helping a guest by somebody that used to work there, and this was right before 10 p.m., right before the store would have closed. So my guess is that that customer left and he would have locked the door, unless he was waiting for Stephanie, and then maybe he didn't lock the door and he was waiting for her to come in, and she came in and they didn't lock the door and somebody else came in after. But this got me thinking, too, that I think a big component of this is that whoever killed them had a gun. So while the police pretty much ruled out that this was a random robbery, I mean, whoever went in there was carrying a gun on them. So maybe they just carried one around. But again, this person was between 16 and 20. So the chances that they were randomly carrying around a gun just because and just happened to have it on them are pretty low. It seems more likely that whoever went in there had the intention of killing them or killing somebody because they did bring a weapon with them or that they were involved somehow in, you know, drugs or something like that. So they had a gun for reasons like that. 
But again, that would mean that that person was probably pretty high up there in the drug world, right? At least in my opinion. So why then would they be worried about two teenagers at a subway shop? So yeah, I know nothing, but I guess it just occurred to me that most likely if somebody went in there carrying a gun, they probably knew Nick or Stephanie, or they had some kind of a grudge with somebody else that worked at the subway or somebody that had been selling them drugs, and they just took it out on the people that were there. But I kind of feel like maybe they knew them or knew one of them, and this was something personal. Again, they went into the store. We don't know what time. We don't know what time Stephanie got there. Maybe it was later. Maybe she didn't arrive until closer to 11. We really have no idea about that. You know, her mom didn't even know that she left, so there's really nobody to say what time she got there. The cameras, you know, either didn't record anything or were not turned on as far as we know. So maybe he was cleaning up, locked the doors, and then she showed up later. He unlocked the door, let her in, and then somebody came in, you know, a little while after because they forgot to lock the doors or they came in right behind her. Again, I was talking about earlier, you know, maybe one of them had somebody watching them. Maybe Stephanie had some kind of a stalker and whoever this was followed her there and then went into the store behind her. And where they had the gun, you know, they would have had control of the situation. So this is just my mind trying to make sense of the fact that the shop closed at 10, the doors were usually locked at 10, but according to pretty much everywhere I looked, it seems that these two were not killed until after midnight. And again, that might just be an error, but I think that if the family is putting down February 14th, you know, as their day of death, then they would have some evidence that would suggest that they were in fact killed on the actual 14th and not the 13th. Another thing I did wonder is that we only have one witness that saw this suspect leaving the shop, you know? So either maybe they didn't really see them, or maybe they were confused, or maybe this person was walking away from a different shop, you know, maybe they weren't actually coming from the subway and they just happened to be in that place at that time. But I think that they probably did see somebody leave. Again, this was close to one in the morning, so... They said there weren't a lot of people around the area at that time, so I think it's pretty unlikely that somebody was just walking around hanging out. I think most likely this person had something to do with it. So again, it brings me back to did Nick and Stephanie tell somebody, hey, come meet up with us after the shop is closed, we can hang out for a bit. Or did somebody that knew them come in with the intention of hurting them? So I know a lot of people think that this has to do with drugs that were supposedly being sold out of the shop, and that's definitely a possibility. Again, somebody that was there to buy drugs, to, you know, was upset about something that had happened in the purchase of drugs. Maybe they did travel with a gun. Maybe they were enacting vengeance of some kind, or maybe that's just how they rolled, you know? But I kind of think that this person knew them. Because to me, it just makes more sense with the timeline, with somebody coming into the shop, And again, the fact that somebody, a young person, went there with a gun. Who knows, maybe with everything going on with the town and the shooting that had happened there, maybe they just wanted to sickly and disturbingly be a part of it. Or maybe they had some kind of issue with Nick or Stephanie, or both of them. And as far as I know, it doesn't seem like either of them made any phone calls. You know, there were two of them there. So it just makes me wonder, because say somebody had come in, They didn't know them. This person was acting strangely. So this is where the timeline really messes me up. So if somebody did come in, did they come in after midnight and just quickly kill them? 
Or was this somebody that they thought they knew and they thought was fine that came in and was hanging out with them and then later on ended up killing them? So at that point, you know, neither one of them would have made any phone call or attempted to do that. I mean, maybe I'm just thinking if there was a phone, which there must have been in the shop, you know, if there's two of them, neither one of them tried to call for help or anything. So either it happened quickly or they weren't able to because of, you know, where they were, where the gun was aimed at them, something like that. Or they didn't think that they were in any danger until suddenly they were. And just to wrap up my thoughts on this, if it was somebody they knew, if it was somebody that came to hang out with them there, maybe they did smoke some weed. I have no idea. But say this was a, you know, friend, using that word very lightly here, came in, hung out with them for a bit. The night kind of went on. You know, again, maybe Stephanie got there a little later. So by the time they were all hanging out, it was getting closer to 1130 to midnight. And then things took a turn. And then that would more so explain why this employee that showed up and saw all the lights on also saw somebody leaving at like 12.45 in the morning when the shop was supposed to have been shut down and closed latest around like 10.30, 10.45. But overall, this crime is a mystery. It's still unsolved to this day, 23 years later almost. It's incredibly tragic. Not only that it happened so soon after another tragedy, but just that two innocent lives of two kids, you know, were taken away just like that, and it hasn't ever been solved. So if you do know any information or you have a tip about the murders of Stephanie Hart Grizel and Nick Kuntzelman, you can call Metro Denver Crime Stoppers at 720-913-7867. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have any theories that you want to share with me, please let me know. Please feel free to send me an email or contact me on social media. And thank you to anybody that has been supporting this podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Kind of Strange Podcast. Don't forget to follow along on social media at Kind of Strange PC on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. I would love it if you could rate this podcast and leave a review. All sources for this episode are listed on the Kind of Strange website. The link is provided in the show notes. Until next time, don't forget to keep a lookout for anything that might be a little weird, a bit odd, or kind of strange.